The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Black and leather. That's what I need. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and going green. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we discuss the tech headlines of the past week, and I have some suggestions for keeping the kids busy with their own movie-making project this long holiday weekend. Now, do you have any uh, thoughts? There was a certain long-running fantasy medieval series that I believe wrapped up recently. There was, Game of Thrones. But first, let me just say, it ain't easy being green. As we know. Yes. Now, Kermit the Frog said it best, yes. He said said it best. Yeah, I I, I watched the season finale or the series finale, actually, of Game of Thrones. I don't understand why people are freaking out. Really? I mean, I guess I can see why people are upset by these last two seasons because... And signing petitions about you have to do a do-over, which someone said you don't know how Hollywood works. That's that's the thing that drove me crazy. That was the straw that broke the back for me. People, really? Yeah. Seriously. I mean, a petition? Yeah. I think we've jumped the shark with the whole petition thing now. Yeah, and you know? if you want them to do it differently, you're just going to have to write your own fan fiction Just write or your own fan fiction. Come on, folks. It is a series about sword and sorcery and flying dragons. You know, I literally read critiques about how unrealistic this last season was. Really now? Yes. The, the first six seasons, seven seasons? Apparently didn't... was steeped in reality. I see. Yeah, you know, that whole dragon thing. The and... Starbucks cup thing was, yeah, that yeah. wasn't that's real an, enough for them? That's another thing. They found actually a plastic water bottle this last episode. Oh, really? I mean, who does this? I, I guess the, the, the set people are getting a little sloppy there with clearing the uh, Hey, it's, the, it's the end of the show. They don't care anymore. Yeah, punch out. You know what? The thing, the biggest takeaway for me, I mean, there's going to be no spoilers here. I'm not going to say anything. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything about the series. It was a dumb, big, bloody epic. You know, if it was, I don't know if it's, you can consider it a happy ending or a sad ending. Personally, I think it could have ended the episode before and it would have been perfect. Yeah. But one takeaway from the whole experience, especially with this last episode. This is across the whole series and the books? Across the whole series and the whole book is that HBO is desperate for a follow-up. Uh-huh. They had a two-minute trailer before the episode touting like, hey, look what we got. Don't unsubscribe. Don't delete your subscription so to were, HBO. So were they hawking future Game of Everything. Thrones projects no, or other Watchmen. shows? Apparently they have a series based on the Watchmen books. Oh, yeah, like Tessa um, Thompson or somebody's mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. They have um, Barry, which is actually a very good show. Yeah. They were throwing everything out there. Look, look what we have. Please, don't yeah. go. Don't go. The desperation was palpable yeah. on HBO's part. Well, they've lost that. They've lost Veep with Julia Louis-Dreyfus show, show, which was great. They, they've great. lost some of their, their long-running ones have kind of come down to the end now. Yeah, I'm actually going to watch Barry and unsubscribe. Uh-huh. I'm going to save myself a little money. Sorry about that HBO. Yes, I wonder HBO is just sobbing into their pillow now. They have to be. That have yeah. to be biggest uh, cable series of all time. Yeah, possibly it, and uh, an international. Yeah, people said that you could open phenomenon. your windows in New York and hear the theme song all playing at the I same don't time. I doubt it the, with that little delay with the little yeah. Doppler shift going yeah. on. By the way, I'm a fan of the books, and I'm still. Everyone on the show knows I am seriously upset with George R R R R R R R Martin. Yes, for not finishing the series before, or rather finishing the books before the series. I'm really upset. I'm going to take that to my grave. Yeah. Well, some people are saying if he would have 
written the books, then perhaps the producers might have had a stronger outline in which to peg the narrative because they hadn't had to make it up themselves. They right? did. The last, they had last to make bit it up. There. But he was also part of the production team. I firmly believe he knew what the ending was. And now that he sees the blowback, I'm guessing he's going to change the ending. Yeah. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see if HBO, how soon they get whatever next version of Game of Thrones prequel or offshoot or whatever up they and running. They certainly set things up for possible sequels. Yeah. No question about it. The way they ended it, totally set it up for possible sequels. Yeah. At least three different ones. So, All anyway, right. that's my Game of Thrones rant. All right. Well, as I do not watch the show, I, I heard, I saw my Twitter feed exploding. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a, you know, the, thr- the thrones are on and whatever. And I was watching something else and busy doing other things. And, and I know people like ignore the show for years. And even Wesley Morris in the New York Times said he ignored it for eight years or whatever. And then, and then he watched binged. the whole thing in like yeah, five weeks. He sure did. I don't know if I would ever have that much free time to do it so solidly. But I, I guess it just, it was just so, even if you didn't watch it, it's still going to be there in some form. So yeah. people who miss it the first time around can go back now that all the hype is over and sure. just watch it in peace. It's funny, though. The first couple of seasons, you can tell that they were not... They did not have the budgets that the last couple of seasons had uh-huh. because some of those battles were epic and the special effects were cinema quality. Yeah. I mean, if that's even. So in, in the first so, season, it was like little rubber dragons. Oh, on the, the battles were like 12 guys, yeah. you know, and they use the same dudes over and over again. Yeah. I mean, you could tell the budget wasn't all that uh, uh, big, but I mean, you know what? It also hurts me. And I've seen this also. They gave up on a show like Rome. I don't know if you remember Rome. It was obviously about ancient Rome. Yeah. And it was canceled because apparently it was too expensive for HBO to produce. So they only did two seasons. And that was a much better television show mm-hmm. than Game of Thrones. The thing about Game of Thrones specifically is that you never knew what was going to happen from episode to episode. Yeah. And that was not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. So, you know, you take what you get with Game of Thrones and people. Petitions? Come on. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, if anything, I think it boosted the D&D industry, though. Oh, uh, I'm sure it did. So. I'm sure it did. Yes. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you made it through uh, unscathed I did. I did. Uh, through the, the long journey there. I am um, the, uh, I am the uh, king of the Seven Kingdoms, though. Did you oh, know really? that? I did not. Yeah, you put I've that up on the myself. way? Yes. I just declared myself. Period. All right. I well, am the well congratulations. Uh, I guess we'll need to get some royal stationery and, yeah. and whatnot uh, on order for you there. All right. So, should we have some news? I guess we should. You know, there, there's all kinds of, you know, power plays, maybe not Game of Thrones level, but Huawei, you know, Huawei, the Chinese yeah. telecom company that yes. has uh, drawn the ire of uh, the United States government here and there. And then Part of it, I think, you know, there's some technological issues. Uh, because they're spies? Yes, perhaps some spies. And oh. there's also this overall China-U.S. Uh, trade fight. war going on. Going slap on. fight. Come on. It's yeah, a slap so, fight. Yeah, so there, there's some stuff going on there. But their uh, fortunes may uh, be worsening a little bit when it comes to doing business with the United States. Now, in response to the U.S. government blacklist on doing business with the companies, so the United States government has said, American companies, you, you cannot do anything with Huawei. This is sort of starting to hit them because Google recently announced that it was suspending its business with the Chinese firm, which involves the transfer of hardware, software, and technical services, except for publicly available open source stuff for Android. So uh, Huawei phones, I believe, run Android. Yes. All of a sudden, they're not going to be able to get updates and uh, system things or have access to the Google Play Store or Gmail or YouTube or a lot of the Google apps that are part of Android. So this is a problem, and this is uh, for if they're if they have phones in production now, like all of a sudden they don't really have a operating system yep. uh, to run. So I don't know if they're going to just craft one of their own. I, I know there are a few variants uh, out there. 
but the the sort of mainstream pure Google stuff is is not going to be available to them, according to uh, the reports that are coming in. Industry experts, you know, predict uh, this is going to um, really whack their business outside of China. I guess within China, they might be able to do some stuff. And I think parts of Android are fairly open source. But the blacklist goes beyond Google, though. The Intel Corporation, we've heard of them. Yes, we have. Qualcomm, Broadcom Inc., and other chip makers have told uh, their employees that they will not be supplying Huawei until further notice. And so all the people who make the circuits and the processors and all of that aren't going to be able to ship their boxes of parts uh, over to Huawei so they can make their phones. So, so that can probably have a – if your supply chain is that – That's uh, going to leave a mark. Disrupted, yeah. yeah. It's going to leave a mark. So so we'll we'll see uh, what happens there, but um, uh, not, not a happy time for Huawei. No, definitely not. Now, uh, Snapchat, uh, always uh, making new features for Instagram to eventually steal, uh, recently released a new filter that lets its users see selfies transformed into – Dominantly masculine or feminine versions of themselves. Yeah, I think they call I, I, this a gender bender yeah, filter or something. Yeah, I actually posted one like that. It freaked me out a little bit. Yes, and now this gender changing filter uh, uses machine learning uh, to alter the user's facial shape, hair, and other elements uh, to make them appear skewed to either the deeply traditional male or female characteristics. Mm-hmm. You know, shorter hair, longer mm-hmm. hair. You know, strong jaw, whatever. So it does this kind of morphing here. And uh, while the filter has proved popular with uh, many and is certainly a conversation starter in some circles, it has drawn mixed reactions from the LGBTQ community uh, with some factions saying that it trivializes uh, transgender identity and gender transitions, which are, I think, very traumatic for for some of the people going through them. And uh, but others find it a curiosity that helps them explore different versions of themselves. So uh, as with the giant umbrella of people collected under the LGBTQIA alphabet uh, of okay. of different identities, there are mixed opinions even among there. So I guess it, it got people talking. It got it definitely got people talking. And I was blonde again. Really, you were blonde for the first time in a Have very you, long time. Were you blonde in the eighties with the punk phase? No, or? I was blonde as a kid. Really? Yeah, I was blonde as a kid. Then you know, of course, I went through a blonde platinum blonde phase in the eighties. But yeah, the Billy much, Idol, yeah, 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 everyone did. So you know, yeah, uh, yeah, I was blonde. Did, did you like yourself as blonde again? I did. I looked good. All right, I looked really good. Yeah, so I'm not going to complain. All right. I, I took no offense. I can see where people might take offense. Yeah. Um, I certainly wasn't trivializing anyone's experience, but I look pretty good. All right. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you had an enjoyable time yeah. with it there. Yeah. Now, uh, from the department of Not Dead Yet, uh, there's a new version of Google Glass Enterprise Edition. Oh, do you remember stop. the augmented reality glasses? Uh, yes, unfortunately I do, yes. Yes, uh, well, well, they yanked their commercial version, but they kept the, the business one around for the right. enterprise market. There you go. That has now been upgraded to a new version. The new Google Glass Enterprise Edition 2 uh, comes with a faster processor, improved camera. I think they went from like 5 to 8 megapixels. uh, And new Smith Optics frames. uh, And there's also a new price point. um, Instead of the $1,500 that it cost before, I believe you can get these for $9.99. $9.99. For under $1,000, yeah. A bargain at any price. Yeah, so Google is uh, still sold poking away at the augmented reality glasses. So cheap. Get two. You know, Why don't you? you know, a couple of, you know, it cost you two grand yeah, for you know. a pair. Why not? Um, and also sort of in the same vein, uh, Microsoft Edge browser, which initially found a lack of love on Windows 10 before it got rebuilt with Chromium base. And even then, we're not so sure. Yeah. They now have a Mac version uh, available to preview the software. Okay. Um, which uh, I was like, huh? anybody, anybody? Eh, Bueller. 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 Yeah. I, I don't know anyone who's tested it yet, but Microsoft thinks that there might be some, some Mac. You know, fans out there. That's confidence. 
That's confidence right there. You yeah. got to give it to them. Yeah. That's confidence. They are 100% behind their product. Yes. So when you get tired of looking around with your Google Glass, you can push them up on your forehead and jump into the Edge browser on your Mac. And Bueller. Yes. Bueller. Pin drop. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I'm sure someone will try it just to say they did. Of course. Of course. I think I will. Yeah. Just to be spiteful. That's yeah, just, just to, me. You know, That's just me. You're just going to investigate the yes, situation. Yes, I'm going to investigate. Detective Pedro. Mm-hmm. I actually saw Detective Pikachu, too. By the oh, way. okay. So you, you, yeah. you've been seeing the summer movies already. Yeah, I really don't understand anything about Pokemon. Just nothing. It makes no sense whatsoever. And the funny thing is, both my kids, instinctively, they know this. Really? And they roll their eyes at me. Like, no, that's not a blah from blee. That's a flang and blah. I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, all right. No dear. Yeah. But do they know all of the creatures in the Marvel Cinematic uh, they Universe? Don't. They don't. Do they know a flurkin? Uh, uh, they also don't know the Captain America theme song. Mm-hmm. When Captain America throws his mighty shield. See? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So you got all one right. on them. Take that, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, on the topic of social media, <laughs> yes, as you smack Pokemon to the ground. Sorry about that, folks. I just really had to get that out. <laughs> no, no. You've been poked too much by the Pokemon. Yes, on social media. Yes, on the topic of social media, experts are warning in an increase of social media pollution. That's yes. what they're calling it now for the really? 2020 elections. Uh, I thought you were going to say Palooza, but... That's yeah, funny. yeah, no, uh, social media pollution. Yeah. Um, and while that is not exactly news uh, no, by any means... Not. Nope. The New York Times actually has a very interesting detailed article on the history of anonymous political attacks and misinformation over the last century and how legislation never really seems to catch up with it it in time uh, with the dirty tricks, which is why the platforms really need to step it up. But the the Times article sort of talks about some of the radio and TV things that were in the past. And because social media is so intimate and so targeted to people, that much more of a threat. But uh, it's just sort of a little reminder that – People will always be trying to rig elections. Yeah, for for no those, matter what. Yeah, the, for those folks really freaking out about this current political, you know, situation, it's happened before. Yeah, it's happened before, and we've gotten through it. Yes. The point is, stay the course. Yes, be do skeptical of everything you of see in your social media you feeds. See, folks, everything, every news platform out there. As a uh, news person. Actually, yes. both of us, I think, can, can be considered news persons. People right? of the news, People yes. People of the news, yes. Um, it is your duty as a consumer of that news to be skeptical. Yes. That's your job. Trust but verify. Trust um, but verify. So, so yeah, so it's going to be a crazy next year and a half, yes, I think. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Now, now this, this story actually kind of got me, you know, a little worried, you know, having Uh-oh. grown, you know, I grew up in a, in a part of the country where weather reports are very important. Oh, um, yes. And... Uh, and I think a lot of people like having the accurate pinpointed weather, you know, if you look at Dark Sky or some of the apps. But um, there are a, uh, quite a bit of false rumors and fake news around 5G cell phones already swirling around. Yes. Uh, some of the bigger 5G cell phones cause cancer rumors have been traced back to Russia. But Wired Magazine has a story out there on 5G that actually looks like it's got some some merit to it. Oh uh, Wired has this whole thing, and we'll post a link to it on our show page, uh, about how uh, 5G networks could interfere with the accuracy of weather forecasts if more of the wireless spectrum is sold off. You know, the Federal Communications Commission, mm-hmm. the government allocated a whole bunch of the wireless spectrum, and they've been selling it uh, yeah. bit by bit over the years to make money, and the telecom companies want to snatch it up because they put all of their wireless products on there, and that's how we went from, you know, 2.4 to 5G and all that. But... um 
There is a very specific bandwidth out there uh, that weather people really use all the time. It's a um, it's the 23.8 gigahertz uh, spectrum, which is what water vapor emits a faint signal in the atmosphere at that particular frequency. Mm-hmm. And if you're a weather person, you're looking for water vapor signals because that's yes. how you kind of figure out what's coming your way. Indeed. That 23.8 gigahertz is extremely close to the chunk of spectrum being sold for the next generation 5G wireless communications. Those are on 24 gigahertz. Ooh. And as you know, with spectrums, they can bleed and interfere with can. each other if you get too close. Uh, but the weather people are deeply concerned about this. In March, despite the objections of weather scientists at NOAA, NASA, and the American Meteorological Society, the FCC began auctioning off its 24 gigahertz frequency to the wireless carriers. But the weather people were like, no, no, you, this is going to be problematic. And Senators Ron Wyden of the Democrat of Oregon and Maria Cantwell, Democrat of Washington, have contacted the FCC chair, Ajit Pai, to request the commission stop companies uh, from using the 24 gigahertz band until they can figure out a solution because the interference from 5G phones using that spectrum could reduce the accuracy of weather forecasts up to 30%. Yeah, but Ajit was busy making a video of him being a Jedi. So. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he had things to do. Things but to uh, but the Wired story notes that uh, this 30%, well, what does that mean? This would give coastal residents two or three fewer days to prepare for a hurricane. Nice. And it could also lead to incorrect predictions of storms' final paths, you know, when they come ah. on shore and what town they're going to rip up. Um, And this is just, you know, a little tip of what, but because of these water vapor measures that they're getting off this particular spectrum, if they can't read those or if they're getting interference from the phones, they're not going to know what the water's doing. Who needs to know? You know, it's like, hey, you people on the interstate trying to get the, you know, heck off the coast before this massive Category 5 comes to rip your town up. Hold on a second. Don't these people who might be in this storm's path realize that I have to watch Netflix on my phone? Don't they realize this? I think they that's might. They, they, they may not care that's just um, rude. as, as no. they flee for their lives. Yes, but, that's rude. But again, uh, this is the, the senators have contacted the FCC saying, please stop doing this. The weather uh, people are upset and yeah. th- this could impact human safety. NASA, NOAA, and a whole bunch of other folks, right? Yeah, the American Meteorological Society. Yeah. So so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Oh, I'm sure this will work out just fine. Yeah, you <laughs> know, because, you know, profits above all else. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but speaking of profits, if yes. you ever wish someone would pay you to play video games. I, every day of my life. You don't have to dare to dream about oh, that. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reports that gamers who uh, stream their play online and attract 15,000 or more viewers simultaneously can earn up to $25,000 uh, or $50,000 in that range in an hour with sponsorship fees when game publishers pay them to stream a newly released video game. So if you're a hot wow. gamer, you got your own Twitch channel, some game publisher says, "Hey, we got this brand new game. If you if you stream your play for an hour, we'll give you X amount of you know buckets of money." And they just play and they get all this money. What a world! And I just, um, I'm you know I'm I'm emotional right now. Yeah, I, just, I mean I it's really... and and I think Twitch is is really that, that's your main you know sort of streaming platform. It's got like two to three million viewers I think a month. And some of these mm-hmm. you can look on the the hot gamers who stream and right. see that. They're playing something, and 50,000 people are just watching them. You can see the stats right on the screen. I don't understand that. And honestly, does that make me an old? I guess it does, but it, I don't it understand It makes me that. feel like a, I'd, I'd rather play I'd myself. Play yes, yeah. I would rather play it than watch it. I don't get it. But, but I you think know it's, what? A, it's a new form. Well, there's this whole rise in esports and, yes. and the Twitch streaming gaming, and, and people kind of watch it like it's you know a football or basketball game. It's an athletic competition of sure. sorts. Yes, of sorts. And they're watching to see if the player uh, makes it through the game. Or, what or, if three people are watching? Do I get any scratch for that? 
Uh, I think it depends on who the game publisher yeah, is and okay. what their budget might be. Fair but enough. I think you should you know, put yourself out there. If you... I may have to. Yes, uh, and because of Twitch's uh, rise in this particular area, there's also a lot of articles, uh, the get rich with Twitch uh, oh, kind of theme. Boy. Uh, for, for the enterprising gamer who would like to uh, make a little money while wow. they, they okay. play their games. I just don't understand. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, because I think I Pokemon. I think we're getting too old. Yeah, I think we are. I think we are. Yes, and finally, and finally, it's graduation season, and Apple CEO gave out more than just the commencement address at Tulane University in New Orleans oh, uh, yeah. this past weekend. Yeah. Mr. Cook also swung by the Ellis Marsalis Music Center in town for a few hours and announced that Apple is donating software and hardware for music production there. As you nice. know, New Orleans is a huge jazz. Phenomenal music yeah. community down there. Uh, while he was there, Cook listened to the students play in their state-of-the-art 150-capacity acoustically engineered performance hall within wow. the center. Okay. And for those who have not heard of it, the Elias Marsalis Music Center was founded in part by Elias Marsalis and Harry Connick Jr. was really? one of the guys. So, so yeah, I'm not so, familiar with Elias. I'm familiar with Winton and Bradford. I, 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 they might be in you know, all of the – I think it's a big family. It is probably it's like the Nevels, you know. But yes, so so Tim Cook say, hey, you know, let's have, you know, because Apple does make a lot of hardware that can crunch music and they've yes. got some software and, and he gave them a donation. That's very nice. Yes. That's very nice. So so that's a little quick look at what's in the news this week. For anyone out there who would like to know more, you can find all the links at optechjam.com. Up next, let's make some movies. Summer's coming up, yes, and uh, I know you have very creative children. They are very, yes. I have a niece who's very creative as well. And, and sometimes, you know, ki- kids are using their technology, but a lot of times they're just being very passive. They're, mm-hmm. you know, unless they're making a TikTok video, they're just sitting there watching something. Correct. or They're playing a game, and they're not really using the tech for creative purposes. Right. And so I was thinking about this, and also because I had a story deadline. <laughs> Um, that it's so easy to do green screen stuff now. Oh, yeah. For those not familiar with the technology, it's also called chroma key, chroma blue key. screen, yes. green screen. Um, it's basically the technique where you put up a solid color background, usually green or blue, because those are the farthest from human skin tones, unless you're an alien. Right. And so you put up a very clean, smooth piece of uh, either solid color, green or blue paper, mm-hmm. or fabric that you have stretched so there's no wrinkles. Right. And you stand and you film something in front of it, and then you take that into your computer and you drop it into some software, and you can replace that green or blue background with any background you want, either nice. a still photo, a different video, yes. an animation, and that's how you make these big fancy movies. Hollywood does the same that's thing. How I they think do it. Most of the Avengers was probably shot on a green screen. All of the Star Wars prequels. Your Game of Thrones there. Yes, indeed. There is a lot of stuff uh, because all you know sets and locations are very expensive. But you can also have a lot of fun with this because I know iMovie does it. Uh, there is a, a free version of a Windows program called VSCD mm. that's a little wonky to use. It's a little technical, but the free version, you know, you can download a manual, figure out how to erase backgrounds in there. KineMaster on Android and iOS. Cool. And there's also a ton of apps, little movie making apps that only do green screen. They don't really do the full featured editing. But if you just wanted to have some kind of green screen app, there's one called um, Green Screen by uh, Doink or Doink as they like to shove their name together for iOS. It's a it's one of the highest rated education apps in the app store. But it lets kids like you can put the weather map back there. You could nice. put like a giant monster back there. 
and they're very easy to use, some of these apps, um, where as long as you're pointing the phone's camera at the green screen, it just blanks that immediately, and then you can tap and put in whatever background you want. Cool. And then film away. And so I thought, well, th- this would be a fun story because a lot of people may not realize how easy it is to do this and the software that's out there. And you can you can also do it with, you know, more professional stuff like Adobe Premiere. And, right. And whatever, and there's some mid-range apps. Um, the Wonderama from Aura 9, I think. Um, yeah, I've used that. Moavi, I forget how to pronounce it. But a, lo- a lot of sort of like $40 video makers you can mm-hmm, use. But mm-hmm. basically all you need are some type of big colored background. You can yep. get a piece of green or blue cloth from the fabric store for probably easily less than $20 depending on where you live. Maybe yep. more like 5 if you find it in the remnants uh, box. Make sure to iron it. Yes, make sure to iron it. Get the wrinkles out. Make sure that if you hang it up... It's like taut. Yes, you know, which you can use, you know, with like gaffer's tape. You know, the, don't don't use duct tape on your, you no, know, not on your the nice walls. things. Yes. But um, and you can also weight it down so that it gets rid of the wrinkles. There you go. You also need some decent lighting because you don't want shadows on the backdrop Correct. because those will show up in your final product. Yes. You can, if you're really really serious about this, or say you're an adult and you want to like do your own video podcast and you don't want people to see your 200 square foot apartment, you want right. to drop in a different background. Right. You can also do all this in front of a green screen and drop in the Palace of Versailles back there, you know, nice. if you want to. So, yeah. so it's it's not just for kids, but uh, you just need to have decent lighting because that that screen needs to be evenly lit so it the shadows don't really throw off the background because it will read stuff if the color of the green or the blue right. varies a lot. So, uh, so you need some lights there, and then you just need you know something to uh, record. And, and some software to, to put it all together. So when I was doing this uh, project, um, I thought, well, let me just see animate a stuffed animal, you know, because right. that's something kids would do or their, their action figures. Yes, indeed. And so I tried it with a variety of apps and, and got the lighting. And, and one tip to do, too, if you're uh, filming against the screen, don't be right up next to it because the shadow from the light will throw on. You want to be a few feet out in front of the screen. Right. But you can do a thing where you can like animate, you know, your favorite stuffed animal, or you can even do this for your kid if you've got like a toddler and they're fussy and you just want to give them something, make a movie with their own toys so they see, oh, that's uh, cool. you know, so they get ideas. Idea. Of, oh, my little thing's having an adventure. And and so you do your narrative and you can drop in still photos if, if you want to like even put vacation photos like the thing went on vacation with us or nice. if you're feeling really industrious, you know, shoot some action footage around town and then also do some some footage in front of the green screen and, and put those two pieces of video together. You can composite them very nicely. It's like, oh, cool. look, the teddy bear's on the subway. Nice. He's robbing a bank, you know, whatever <laughs> you, you want to do. He's an Avenger. Yeah. And the city's exploding. Yes, you know, he's going after Thanos. Yeah. So it's very easy to do. Not that much, uh, unless you want to go whole hog and decide you want to buy, uh, if you are, like, wanting to make your own uh, video podcast, you can get, buy green screen kits that give you a frame and the screen wow. and professional studio lights, and they're about $100 or, or more. But you can find them on Amazon and photography stores and stuff like That's that. That's too much work. Yeah, and, and if you just want to play around, if you're trying to keep the kids busy, yeah. just, you know, stretch a piece of green cloth, you know, in the playroom. Yeah. Have them, you know, show them the concept. You know, here, why don't, why don't you make your little teddy bear bounce around, and then we're going to put, you know, put him on a train here. Yeah. So, and, and it, it also shows the kids, you know, a little bit of how the technology can, can be used to create your own stories and narratives. Very cool. So... For anyone out there who may want to try it and learn more, uh, I will post an article with pretty much an outline of what you need to know to uh, do your own green screen movie. And you can find that at... PopTechJam.com. And now we probably have to go. Yes, we have to go. Yes. We have to thank the bros, though. Thank you, bros. Yes, 
Thank you, bros. BuildByBros.com. Build something with the bros if you think that they will build it. And thank you, listeners. We hope everyone is ready for uh, the, I guess it's the summer season here in this hemisphere and the winter season elsewhere. Memorial Day weekend in the United States. Yeah, so. It's the unofficial start of summer. Yes, I believe there's a bank holiday in certain parts of the world, too, where they get the Monday off, too. Nice, very nice. So we hope we're easing into a a quieter time of year uh, for for many of you. Um, I hope so. So until next time, when we're back with more, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. You going to go read the Game of Thrones books again? Uh, yeah, I got to catch up.